Welcome to our Panini. This is Sarah Tova Best. So our question is going to be about um, a system in life that fits this time that we're living in that enables us to move forward in a in an effective way because in life you can have all these plans and all these dreams and we see that there are people who are more dreamers and there are people who are more doers. There are people who just, they're they're very sparkly and they always have a lot of amazing ideas they don't necessarily get them done so much, but they're they're amazing ideas people. They're very they're just very charismatic and they're very creative. And then there are other people who are very um, steady, reliable. Um, you give them the job, they get it done to the end. Um, that was my friend there. And we're doing this year, by the way, Lili Nishmas Vorlea Basam Chaim Baron. No, I know I'm saying who we're doing this year for. And so, for Zvorlea, for Zvorlea. So, so, and she was really a person that I always knew, I always knew that um, there are two kinds of people you can work with. Some people, you work with them and they, um, when when the going gets rough, because the going will always get rough in the middle, they just pull out and they say, yeah, you know, I just felt like this isn't really for me anymore. And they leave you holding the bag. And how are you going to get the project finished? And and because they don't really want the energy to be uncomfortable. So when the energy is uncomfortable, they pull out. And then there are people who, even if it gets uncomfortable, they took on to get the job done to the end and they make sure they do it to the end. And she would make sure to do it to the end. Do it to the end and make sure it gets done no matter what. That was one of the special, I always quoted her as that. So, that's the Voralea. So, um, so that idea, we know people who, they're sparky, they have all these ideas, they don't necessarily always stick it through to the end. There are people who are very reliable. They're not so sparkly with the ideas, but they get the job done. Wouldn't it be great if we could have both? If there are very few people who are a combination, a perfect combination of both. So um, one of the things is, so it's all going to devolve around this Parsha because here in the, the Parsha it speaks about all these, all of these opposites, the first Luchais and then the Chet Egel and the breaking of the Luchais and then fixing it um, and the Tzil of Meishar Benu and Meishar Benu sees the covet of Hashem and the Yud Gimel Minas Arachim. You see how many things there, how many different energies there are in this Parsha and then the giving of the, the, the second Luchais and then at the end seeing Karen Or Pnei Meishar, the rays of Kedusha on the face of Meishravina. So if these things, um, um, they happened, you know, in one continuum, the question is, why is the the Torah going into such length about some of these negative things? You know, the Torah is very careful, doesn't even speak about a non-kosher animal, in a, it speaks in a certain way. So why go into these things? One of our biggest, um, as Jewish people, our biggest uh, humiliations is Keta Ego. You know, the breaking of the Lucha is like, hey, what were you guys thinking? I mean, Maisha Bena told you, told you he's coming back in 40 days. What were you thinking? You were thinking he's not coming back in 40 days. I mean, you couldn't wait. A couple of days, you couldn't trust him. So it's not one of our finest moments in history. And then Maisha Bena had to break the Lucha. Etc. And, and that whole summer, Meisher Bain was was davening for us. Not one of our finer moments in history. 
So, um, and the fact is that the first luchos are something, the first luchos is something very, very high. They're Maiselakim. They were made, you know, handwork of Hashem. That's a very, very elevated energy. And then you're talking about the breaking of the luchos. That's a very low energy. Very kind of dark energy. As I said, it's not one of our finest moments. There's no Eureka lower than that. And then Yud Gimel and seeing Maishar Benu, the covet of Hashem on Maishar Benu's face, that's very elevated energy again. We're kind of going zarap, zarap, zarap. So, and then the second luchas are, are given in a way that Salacha, they're, they're, they're actually done by Maishar Benu. So we're going from up to down to up. And, and then something becomes very grounded. All of that becomes very grounded, like up, down, up, and then very grounded. But that Maishar Beinu actually car- carves out, carves out those luchites. And so, um, etc. So, and one other question about, um, um, when it says, Salachashne luchais abanim kabishayim, when when Hashem says make new luchais, you make the luchais like the first, just like the first with a chas, like the first. That means they're not quite on the level of the first. So the question is, um, all of these details about the mile of the first luchais should have been in Parshas Mishpatim. That's where it speaks about those first luchas. Each of these different things, the first luchas should have been in one place. The breaking of the luchas should have been in another place. The second luchas, and every place, everyone has its own parsha where it should have been. The fact that it all comes together is very odd. That's the thing. Put everything in its right place. Um, This is a ridiculous example, but remember the, well, I remember the days when you would go to a supermarket and they would have, Salad dressing in the in the aisle with oil, mayonnaise, vinegar, and salad dressing. Vegetables would be in another place. Crackers would be in the bread aisle. But now they have when you first come in, they have everything mixed together. Uh-huh. They'll have crackers, salad dressing, vegetables, dips, all in one place. Why? They should be in their separate shelves, their, their separate aisles. So they want you to, because to make a meal, you need one thing from aisle three, aisle six, aisle ten. So they want to make it easier for you to buy it, so they'll make more money. So what they do is they put a complete meal for, together for you in the first aisle, and you just grab it, and you pay for it, and you go. You don't have time to start to, to start putting it all together from different places. So then that probably applies to this Parsha too. There's something about this Parsha that's saying, I don't know if we don't have time, but this is a, you know, grab and go, grab and go, easy to digest, a system of life for Geula that is, has already been composed by Hashem, has already been put together um, by Hashem so that we just grab it and go. The the first luchas are from one parsha, and the second luchas are from another, and the breaking of the luchas, and they're all from different energies. So so if Hashem is doing that, so here here is the question again: Why do we have the breaking of the luchas together here with um, these amazing first luchas? It's very different energies. And, and and not only that, the um, 
here the, the first luchas are not as a uh, preparation for the eagle and the breaking of the luchas, but um, it's all one piece. It's all one piece. So what's the piece about? There's, this is already, this part is about, it's called Parsha's Kisisa, and Kisisa is, you know, lifting up and carrying. So, and that's what they want you to do, by the way, in the supermarket. Just pick it all up, pick up one, two, three, carry it over to the cash register. You're out in three minutes and you have your meal. And you have your snack. And you now you can go to the office and you have, you don't have to go to the coffee shop, but you have the salad, you have the vegetables, the salad, the cut-up stuff, the the dips, the crackers, the, the drink, all in one place, ready to go, boom, for your life. So this Parsha must be exactly that. And Kisisa, pick it up and go. Grab and go. Because we know also the name. Yes. So that it should be telling us that they have the names right. of the Jewish people. Okay, so let's see. So Kisisa is, talk- is talking about the command at the beginning of the Parsha to give Masas a Shekel. And doesn't seem to have anything to do with the rest of the Parsha. Because we're saying the Parsha is talking about first Luchais, the breaking of the Luchais, all kinds of other stuff. What does this seem to have to do with the, with this, um, right? With, with, with Machsus Hashekel. So, um, and in, and one other question. Here, the whole story of the Eagle, the golden calf, takes up a big portion of this Parsha, and Hashem doesn't like to focus on what we did wrong. It's a very great Yerida, um, and what happened through this Yerida is there was a spiritual coating of spiritual impurity. Mm-hmm. When we accepted the Tyra, that spirit, the Zuma, the spiritual impurity um, was gone. There, where did we get this spiritual impurity? From Chet Eit Hadam. So there was a spiritual impurity on the world. There was spiritual impurity that descended on the world from, from the, the tree of knowledge, the sin of the tree of knowledge. And it's the source of all of the sins. So, and Hashem says, whenever I'm giving you a little bit of a uh, consequence, let's call it consequence instead of punishment, then he's always adding on a little piece from the consequence of that of that time, of the and the chet ego. Okay, so how is this Parsha all about Nasias Rosh Baliyah, the lifting up of the heads of Yidin? This is some, this is Parsha, Kisisa means lifting, Masa Shekel, but it's lifting up the heads of Yidin. So somehow in this Parsha, there's a system how to lift up your head. Wasn't that the solution? One second. And in the... And in the, the idea of Karnei Haid, of the rays of glory of Hashem, there's another question, and then we're going to have the answer. Why did Maishu Rabbeinu achieve the Maila of having the glory of Hashem on his face, Karen Orpanov, um, Dafka with the second Lucha? They weren't so high. They weren't so elevated. They were after we broke the Lucha. After we, after, after we did the Cheta Eagle. So why did, why didn't he have Hashem shining from his face at the beginning? Right. right. When we didn't do anything wrong. We did something wrong, and now everybody's on a lower level, and everything has to be compensated for, and then the glory of Hashem is on his face. 
So everything's kind of counterintuitive um, with us um, because um, Right, and also when we receive the first luchos, or we receive the tyra, forty days, Meisher of Bena went up. Those were kind of amazing forty days. We received the tyra; those were amazing forty days because we had said massive anishma. We were on a very high level. These were amazing forty days. At the end of forty days, that's when everything fell apart. Seven things of Thomas, Meisher of Bena came down. He broke the luchos. Now we were plunged into a very dark 40 days, which happened what time of the year? Winter, summer? Summertime. And what happens, what holidays, so to speak, do we have in the summertime? And we, and, and, and we have, uh, Tisha B'Av. and all, and the three weeks and all that stuff. And the Korban Beis Amigdash happens in these second 40 days. It's a very, very dark, low time. And then on Rosh Chodesh Elul, and those were days of anger. And then on Rosh Chodesh Elul, Meisher Benu goes up again. He's davening for us the whole the whole summer for Hashem to forgive us. And then the last 30 days from Rosh Chodesh Elul until, what's 40 days from Rosh Chodesh Elul? Uh, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. Hashem forgives us. So we have 40 days of elevation. We receive the Torah. 40 days of anger. And 40 days of, of slicha and kapara, of forgiveness. Okay. So what we're going to understand, what we're going to understand is the following. Um, um, about, about this sedra of, of Kisisa. It's an unbelievable sedra that in this we have the chiddush that includes all of Seder Hishtashlis from the beginning until the end. As it begins, that as it says in Tyra, um, the whole Tyra is there. Everything that happens in the world is somehow mapped out on some level. We could say that this is sort of, this part has sort of a mind map of all the Seder Hishkalshlis. Um, so the fact is that in Tyra, there's everything. Everything is included, as we say, it's a map, it's the blueprint for everything that happens all through history and everything that happens in our personal lives at this very moment. What's going to happen with me today and how I should make decisions about how to move forward in my life. He sees that. My, what is my, what is my dream in life? He sees that. I don't want to live a life that's just kind of a waste. You know, so, 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 you know, how you doing, man? Yeah, you know, like, you know, like, whatever. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to live an Archie Bunker kind of a life. You know, I want, is that his name? I, I don't want to live a life of just, like, not getting anywhere, not fulfilling my mission. God forbid. I want to live a life of Kisisa, of elevation. I want to live a life in which I've lifted myself up to a, an exalted level where I am doing what I'm here to do and I feel the greatness of the expansiveness of every moment. I want to live, lift, be lifted up to the point where I feel that the world is being created every single second. And that's why the truth, the truth is that when we put our foot out and we make one move, the entire world reforms around that footstep. And now it's a whole different set of, of circumstances 
and now we have new opportunities. That's why we're able, we're presented with things that seem very um, impossible, but if we make one move, they become possible. Everything shifts. Everything's different. So, um, so one of the things we see that Hashem made that everything, and this is this is the Nukudah, everything in life comes in. If I want to be lifted up, Kisisa, and I want to include, I don't want to just run away. I don't want to run away from all the things in life. I would like to have a life in which I'm living my highest self, according to my highest potential, using all of my creativity, feeling great joy and very great expansiveness, and at the same time, not because I ran to the top of a mountain and I'm ignoring everything else, but I want to take all of the stuff of life that's being sent my way with me and include it in the journey. And include it in the journey. Okay, so sorry, back to this Indian. That every journey consists of three steps. A head, a middle, and an end. A blueprint, a plan, an implementing, and a conclusion. Now let's even make it in simple. It's called Aleph Base Gimel. All right. <laughs> Aleph Base Gimel. That means, what does that mean? In everything in life. First, you dream about it. Like, yeah, this summer, you know where we're going? We're going on a safari. It's going to be amazing. No, no. For Pesach, for Pesach, okay, I know somebody's there. Where are they going? Nicaragua? or I forget where they're going. I forget. Uh, something. Uh, I don't know. Some kind of island. Whatever. You know, these days Pesach became... A vacation thing. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So where's the most exotic place you can go? Imagine that, you know, safari, Pesach safari. You have the satyrs and then Kolomite, you go on the on the the elephants and who knows what or what whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be amazing, 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 amazing. Because the plan, the 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 Aleph phase, the dream is always amazing. It's so light. Mm-hmm. It's so luminous. It's so beautiful. It's so uplifting. Kind of reminds you of the first Luchas, just like, wow. It's perfect. There are no problems with it. Once you start thinking about the problems, you're already out of the Aleph phase. Aleph is the dream, the plan. The blueprint. The blueprint. And that's why, by the way, in corporate America, one of the things they do is they have certain times where they do brainstorming. In brainstorming, there two rules. One, you can say anything you want, throw out any idea you want. No one's allowed to laugh. Two is no one is allowed to say at that time, let's say it's an hour of brainstorming, maybe it's 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. No one's allowed to say, wait a minute, is that practical? In the Aleph phase, there's the, 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 you don't think about whether it's practical. That's the base. That's the middle stage. The first stage is do you just dream about wouldn't it be amazing? You know they use that in advertising. <laughs> that is the plan. In advertising, it's exactly this. Well, this is there's a three. It's a Alice Gimel thing in in marketing too. You think that be to them? One second. Um, but in marketing, it's a three point plan, and it goes like this. Um, do you? Do, well, actually, it starts with a problem. Do you suffer from um, ingrown toenails? Do you suffer? No. Okay. Let's go back 50 years ago. Do you suffer from itchy scalp? You know, that create, that, you know, itchy, uh, scaly scalp? 
That's one. Two. Dandruff. Dandruff didn't exist. They created dandruff. There's no such thing as dandruff. Dandruff was a creation of big business. Really? Yes. If you look up the dictionary in 1930, there was no such thing as dandruff. I don't think so. They created it. So, one. 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 Do you suffer suffer from itchy itchy, itchy scalp and, and flaky flaky scalp? One. Two. Dreams. What if you could um, be itch-free, um, have a, like, just feel so comfortable all day, beautiful hair, and all day feel comfortable and something like that, and no, and no dryness. Three, use our product. We can solve your problem. Now, so they have it a slightly backwards, but it's a three-point system. You know, there's a dream, there's a problem, and there's a solution. Dream, problem, solution. They just do it backwards. So there's there's problem, dream, and solution. But in truth, life is dream, do it, and pull it all together. Because so when you're in the Aleph phase, as we say, it's amazing, it's incredible, wow. We're going on this safari for Pesach, it's going to be incredible. And, and it's, the Seder is like Mahadrin, Shabbat Mahadrin, and all the food. And they pack us up when we go on the safaris on Cholomite. They pack us up with these, with masa and, and, and grape juice. And only, you know, all the food is the best kashras. And they pack it in a way that, who knows what, incredible. And they have a guide. It takes you through the, through the uh, jungle, etc. Now. Then it comes to the base phase. Now you're actually there. You're actually going. Where you actually, as you go to the airport, uh, somebody forgot their passport. They, they forgot to tell you about a certain, a certain paper that you needed to bring. All the problems start. The plane is on the ground for a long time. All the problems start. The air conditioning isn't working on the plane, except for you get there and the hotel uh, overbooked, so there aren't enough. You know, classic pay, pay stuff is always classic overbooking. And all the problems start. Now, the good thing about the Aleph phase is that it's beautiful, it's, it's luminous, it's problem-free, it's incredible. The, the hard thing about the Aleph phase is you haven't really done it. It's not grounded. It's flying up in the air. Okay, now let's switch. The base phase, the good thing about it, it's really happening. It's not flying. It's happening. You're doing it. The hard thing about it is it's not as much fun. It's not as luminous because it's it's what they call, so to speak, real life, what classically used to be called real life. And real life, if it's really real life, the sikha here is bringing out that real life is not base, by the way. We'll see that in a second. But you're actually doing the stuff, and it's uh, replete with a lot of, a lot of, a lot of challenges. Now, so which one should you do? Should you always dream, be in the Aleph phase? Or should you always do, and at least you're getting stuff done, but life is kind of, you know, sour. Which one should you do? Should you do Aleph or should you do base? What should you do? So what would a little of the Aleph and base end up? Aleph and base is what? Gimel. So what's Gimel? So, so Gimel has to be, Gimel is Gula, The Gimel has to be, um, so Gimel is, you have all of the 
luminous, all of the um, uplifting energy of the dreams and the plan and the blueprint. It's so perfect and beautiful and very, it's very expansive and it's very luminous. You have, it's an incredible energy. And yet at the same time, it's combined with all of the actually getting it done in real time. So Gimel would be that while you're doing every step and it's really happening and you're really doing it, you feel luminous because you're actually, you're, you're combining the energy of the dream, which is delicious, with the energy of actually doing it, which is um, important, and you put both energies together. Now, we, we only know one individual who actually knows how to do that, right? We all live with, we switch back and forth from one to the other. But obviously in Geula, the Gimel, we will have that. We will have that, that combination of energies. Somebody who once taught this said that he came from yeshiva and he said, Everybody wants to learn the whole Shasta'alpeh. I mean, I guess men. I never wanted to learn the whole Shasta'alpeh. But he said, I guess in Yeshiva, where he went, everybody wanted to learn the whole Shasta'alpeh. The only thing is, he didn't, um, uh, nobody feels like, okay, so next, so then three weeks into it, so how are you doing with your learning Baalpeh? Like, yeah, okay. So we're just saying that that Ka'ula energy, which is not a simple energy, is that, oh, that everybody, everybody, um, let's say, want to learn the whole Shasta'al Peh, but you don't really feel like doing all the hard work to do it. Why not? Why not? Because once you're actually doing it in the day's phase, it kind of gets a little draggy. So that's when, that's when you need a cookie. Right, that's when people start start eating cookies or or other addictive things because they lost the spark. And so what if you could reconnect with the spark and the excitement of the vision while you're doing the actual thing? I, I think I once told you that a woman said I, she wrote a speech about her parents and, and I said it's the speech is too long. She said, no, my children are going to appreciate it. I think I should record it. So I said, you tell me if after, if one is 25 seconds into the speech, if they all start looking at their phones, you know that they were, the speech was too draggy for them. And she said, no, 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 no. They're grandparents. I said, okay. So that night I came to the meeting. She said, you were right. Said, about what? She said, I started saying my speech about their grandparents. And after 20 seconds, they all started looking at their phones. They all started looking at their phones. Interesting, right? That's because in the base phase, it's too draggy. So what is the solution? Why will it be different in Geula times? Because you'll be feeling the sparkliness of the vision while you're doing the work. Right now, it's remember when it was sparkling, we were dreaming? And, 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 um, So we're just going to mention, we're just going to sum up with one little Kabbalistic thought. Um, because this idea of Aleph Beit Gimel um, is, expresses itself throughout Tyra in, in Chakira and, and, and Drush and Yisait and, and all, those, all those different levels in Kabbalah language, in Hasidic language, in, 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 in Halakha language, etc., etc. You name it. It goes through everything because it's the basis of life. 
that all of life comes in a way of Aleph Gimel, the plan, the doing, the and then the part that we haven't mostly achieved. We get stuck in Aleph and Beis, the plan and the doing. And then we and then we, you know, people get what's called the seven year itch, because they're in the second phase, the base phase, the doing and like, yeah, you know, right? Second you know, been married these many years, been been living in this community for these many years, been, you know, doing this job for these many years. You know, I pursued a a, a career as a as a as an art a creative artist and I moved to I moved to Tzfat and I I joined an artist or I moved to uh Rushpina or something like that and and I be and I joined a an artist colony and we're all creating art etc. So as we said, we're going to finish with this little Kabbalistic thought. That one second that we have Aleph. Aleph is Tyra, which is the beginning of everything. As it says, Tyra came. Tyra is Rashi's Darkeis. It comes before the world. It's the blueprint of the world. That's the Aleph. The blueprint of the world is Tyra. And in that is the whole point of everything. That everything was created for this blueprint for Tyra. Then you have the base phase, which is Briata Ilam, creation of the world. And all of the things that happen every single day in the world to bring it to the Gimel. And the Gimel is the Gemar the conclusion of everything, the Gula Mitzvah the whole purpose for which everything happens. So, to, to conclude, so we're in a, we're in a time, a week of Aleph-based Gimel, where we're here to dream, to get to the end point, to, to get, to get to that integration. And we're here to do, to get into that integration. The dreamers are important and the doers are important and the dreamer part of us and the doer part of us and our goal is to bring that integration in the most powerful, luminous ways to bring about the Gula Mises Now.